Well, this morning, uh, we're continuing with a new series uh, that we just started on the book of Joshua. And if you remember your Old Testament history, this was a time when God's people who had come out of slavery in Egypt, who had already spent 40 years kind of wandering around in wilderness, were finally there. We're finally going into the land that God had promised. That it, was, it was that moment in history where all of those expectations, all of those things they had heard about from the ancestors, these promises of God were being fulfilled. Today we're actually picking up uh, in Joshua chapter 3 and 4, but before we do, i just remembering that last Sunday, in chapter 1, how God spoke to Joshua multiple times both through Moses, then later through his own voice, then later even through God's people. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. And then God said, consecrate yourselves because you're about to go into the land. And last week we learned that we've got to be courageous. This is a time for this church as we begin to fall, well, continue, really not begin, continue that journey of following God. We've got to be courageous in doing what God is calling us to do. But also we need to be consecrated. We need to be those who are dedicated to the Lord. God told them to get their provisions ready. Be consecrated to God. We see that echoed in Joshua chapter 3. Now this is the moment. They're about to enter into the promised land. And in Joshua chapter 3, Joshua tells the people, uh, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Get ready. Not just your provisions, but your heart. What does it mean to be consecrated to God? What does it mean to set yourself apart for the Lord. What does it mean to really, in a sense, be those holy people dedicated to God to be His? I'll be honest. Consecration is probably the hard part, right? Sometimes I think I can be courageous. Sometimes, okay, we can do it. Come on, team. But to take time to say, no, this day belongs to you, Lord. How do you want to use it? This time of devotion belongs to you, God. How do you want to speak to me? God, my life is yours. If you say go, I go. If you say stop, I stop. Your, my life is in your hands because it is your life. So often we allow everything else, our own desires, our own list of things to do. Everything else consumes us. God, through Joshua, told the people, hey, everybody, you want to see amazing things? You ready for the big day? You ready for what's next? It begins with an act of consecration. Setting ourselves apart. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 12 that we are called as God's people to be living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to the Lord, presented to Him. Joshua's words to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And Joshua said to the priests, guys, get ready. Take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass ahead of the people. So they took it up and they went ahead of them. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, you you, you know what that is, right? Do you you remember that? Um, For me, I figured it out when I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. Did you see the old Indiana Jones movie? Um, They had this thing and I mean, it zapped all the Nazis. I thought, okay, yeah, this thing's cool. 
That was a reference to the ark, which was basically made during the time of Moses. It held the Ten Commandments. It held a jar of manna. It held this staff that all of a sudden was Moses the high priest staff, and it budded to show God's anointing on him. They kept all these things in a box, and it was a golden box. But more importantly, this was a symbol of God's presence. This was the visible symbol that God was with them. This, it wasn't God, it, it, but it represented that God was with them. So if they took the Ark of the Covenant, it would say God is with us, God is leading us, God is going before us, and in fact, go, Mo, Joshua goes on to say, this is so that the people will know that this is the way God is leading because you've never been that way before. Brothers and sisters, this is resonating with me right now. As a church body, as a pastor in this congregation, I'm thinking, anybody been this way before? Anybody done this church revitalization thing before? Anybody? I, I, anybody got a playbook? Because I could sure use the playbook. What, what do we need to do? You know, What is next for us as a congregation? I don't think I always know. I don't want to say I don't know because it's like, why is he our pastor? Yeah, I don't know. But I do know that the Lord goes before us. That God is with us. That we can be courageous. We can be consecrated. We can be strong because we know that the Lord is with us. And so Joshua tells the Israelites in verse 9, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you're going to know that he is here among you. See, in verse 11, the Ark of the Covenant will, of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan River ahead of you. Now choose 12 men from the tribes, one from each tribe. Okay, you got the picture? God's leading. He's got the Ark. And by the way, go ahead and pick 12 guys. Go ahead and get 12 men set apart. And at this point in the story, we have no idea why. Just pick some guys. One, two, three, four, count off, here we go. All right, every fifth person, you're it. I mean, how, how did they do it? We're not sure. But everybody get a guy ready. We don't really know why at this point, but they are heading for the river. And Joshua explains what's going to happen. Verse 13, as soon as the priests of the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, they set their foot in the Jordan River, its waters are just going to stop flowing downstream. They will be cut off and stand up in a heap. Verse 14, so the people broke camp to cross the Jordan. The priests were carrying the ark of the covenant ahead of them. Here they go. This is the day. This is what we're... Now, realize that God, through Joshua, had told them what's going to happen. Is it really going to happen? Like the river's going to stop? How does that work? Does the water start spilling off to the side? Did, I mean, does it all of a sudden go down in a big hole? How does it, I mean, you imagine the anticipation. God has said, this is where we're going. This is what's going to happen. God's reputation sort of is on the line here. Joshua has explained to the people exactly God's plan. If I were there, I'd be like, oh man, I got to see this. Can I be in the front? <laughs> I, I want to see what, I, you know, there's like a million people. Um, I want to get a good seat for this one. Brothers and sisters, what are you expecting God to do in your life? 
Now, we just can't make it up. We just can't say, oh God, tomorrow there'll be snow because I'm tired feet. Could we have a nice cool day and when we see snow tomorrow, then we'll know it's from the Lord. Now, we don't get to just make it up. This is God's word, God's promises of what he was going to do. But I can promise you this, if we're not connected to God's people, if we are not being a part of what he's doing, and if we're not connected to his word, we don't have any expectations. Because we haven't heard what he's going to do. We haven't heard from him about his plans for us. We haven't heard how he wants to speak into our lives. God has a word for us. God has a plan for us. We don't necessarily know what it is at the moment, but we need to stay in vital connection with the living God, both corporately and individually, so that we're ready to go. Do you do your devotions? Do you, do you like read daily kind of thing from God's Word? Quasi-daily, weekly, monthly? We, we need some time with Him. Why do we need that time with Him? Because we need to hear from Him. Do you do it in the morning? Morning people? Yes, we do! Non-morning people? <clears throat> well, it's better at lunchtime. <laughs> you know, maybe at night before I go to bed. Maybe, yeah, okay, in the, I'll be honest. I was a young man, and I was challenged by a mentor person. He said, maybe you should start doing your devotions in the morning. And I was like, come on. Like, I do my devotions. Most people don't even bother doing theirs. Shouldn't I? It's good enough that I do it before I go to bed. And he's like, don't you want to hear from the Lord before you face the problems of the day? How he's already gone ahead of you? How he already has a plan? How he might have a word for you about the challenges of that day? God had a plan for his people, and he, they had an expectation of what he was going to do because they were hearing from the word of the Lord. My brothers, my sisters, this is go time. We've got to be hearing from God because the problems are also there. We talked about this last week, but the rivers of the Jordan were at flood stage. Look at verse 15. The Jordan is at flood stage during harvest. It wasn't just crossing the regular river. You've got all of your animals, all of your children, all of your belongings, your tent, all of the stuff you've accumulated over 40 years. <clears throat> Those of you who have moved recently, did you feel that like, well, why did we keep that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And whenever we move, next time my wife and I move, I'm just letting you know we've already made a decision. We're selling as is. The house, the yard, and all the stuff. You get our pictures, our clothes, whatever we've accumulated. It, we're just, right? Forty years of stuff. Here the Israelites were crossing at flood stage. We got to get it over the water and it's going to get all swept away. It's flood stage. Verse 15, we see the promise. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan, the fulfillment of the promise, their feet touched the water's edge, and there it happened. The water from upstream stopped flowing. Verse 17, and the priests who carried the ark of the covenant stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all of the Israelites passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. There was probably some point in which this million and a half people or stuff were going where I was like, um, do we get a, what is lunch? I mean, if I was a priest in the middle, I, I would think I'd be like saying, was there a plan for like a substitute to switch out? Um, how is this going? I, I don't know what this looked like, 
But as the priest, I mean, everybody got to pass by. Everybody got to see that this was the Lord's power. Everybody got to see that God is faithful. He fulfills his promise. Well, I'm here today to tell you that I believe this is go time. Now, it's go time for a lot of us just because it's the fall. And it is, I was at a wedding last night. I was sitting next to some of my uh, former students who are now teachers. And they're like, yeah, we go back tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, I go back tomorrow. I don't know if Phil goes back tomorrow. But, but schools are starting tomorrow, right? We're going back to school. It is time for us to get the syllabi ready, the classes ready. I will confess my syllabus is up, my class isn't exactly ready, but it will be by 9 a.m. tomorrow because it's got to be, right? Classes start tomorrow. It is go time. It's go time for our college ministry. Rachel's mentioned that the students are moving in in Towson this weekend. Tonight, we have our very first outreach event of the semester for our college students. It's go time. I get a little excited in go time. This year I'm a little panicky. But most of the time I get excited because it's time to see God move. To see new people encounter the gospel of Jesus. To see new people grow in their faith. It is go time. Pray for your college ministry team. Pray for the teachers that are back in school. Pray. We committed to praying for our young adults and our youth and our teenagers and our children. As they go back into school, let's pray because it is go time. For some of you, it's the ravens. <laughs> That's what you're going to. You're excited about sports. And some of you are like, no, uh, well, I'm not done with the Orioles yet because they're not finished yet. Some of you are hanging in there, man. It, well, this is go time. It is a time when we get excited about our sports and our teams, right? Do you feel that way about this church? Our church. Well, can we really say it correctly? Jesus' church. God's people. Are you excited about what is next for us? Are you excited about the coming days? We have some business meetings coming in October. We're going to be trying to fill committees and teams of people doing ministry coming up in October. In the next month, it's an exciting kind of time as we're looking at who's going to help lead this congregation in following God. Did you know, not this coming Saturday, but on September 10th, we have an outreach for the church. Right here at Towson Fall Festival, are you going to participate? Can you give a couple hours on a Saturday afternoon to say, hey, I'm excited about what God is doing at Valley Baptist Church and what God is doing through our preschool to invite people here. It's go time. We've got some exciting things happening this coming fall. Some of you might be thinking, well, maybe I've heard that before. I mean, I know we're supposed to be on the move. I know that God's probably on the move somewhere is he moving here and you might feel a little bit more like the ever forward you know the ever forward do you remember the ever forward last march it's a ship that ironically was named the ever forward but it got just a little off course it got just a little bit sidetracked and all of a sudden, the Ever Forward got stuck in the Chesapeake Bay, right near the Bay Bridge. And it was there for well over a month. They were trying to unload all the cargo. They were trying to dig trenches out from underneath. They had to refloat the ship. It was stuck. It was like that one that jammed up the Suez Canal, which was also Ever something. It was the same company, which, which I'm starting to think, stop naming your thing Ever or whatever. So I got the sometimes forward, the mostly, mostly, mostly on the right course. Maybe that should be the name of your ship. The Ever Forward was incorrectly named because it got stuck. There's a warning to us, right? We can get stuck if we're not paying attention, 
If we are not connected, just getting off course a little as a congregation, just getting off course in our relationship with God, just a little bit of dis- disobedience can go a whole long way in, in, in wrecking what God has for us. Joshua said, nope, follow the ark. Follow where God is going and watch what he's doing. Now here's where the 12 men came in. Remember they chose 12 men? Remember they had already kind of prepared for this? Here's what they did. Look look at the end um, in Joshua chapter 4 verse 1. It says, when the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe. When the whole nation had finished, I think that's the same one. Okay, next verse. Uh, Verse 3. And tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests were standing, and carry them with you. Put them down in the place where you stay tonight. And Joshua set up at Gilgal, that was the campsite, 12 stones that they had taken out of the Jordan. That's not actually them, but a replica perhaps. Okay, verse Two, or verse, skipping down to verse 21. And when the Lord, he said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Why in the world would we pick up these stones? Tell them Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. When the kids say, what does this pillar mean? Why is this here? What is this for? It's to remember God had provided. God led. God took the waters at flood stage and made them stand up in a heap. God had provided for the nations, not just for us, but so that the world would know that there is a God in Israel, that there is a God who walks with us, that there is a God who has a plan for the nations to make himself known and to bring all people to himself. Going on in verse 23. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea. When he parted the Red Sea for Moses and to the people, he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. Now don't miss this. He did this so all peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Two reasons. As God does his work among us, as God answers prayers among us, as God heals and works among us, it's so that the nations would know that God is God, that he is powerful, that his love is amazing, and that he wants a relationship with all men. We are to actually be those that, are those that people are envious. They want to be here because they want to be where God's work is happening, where God's presence is happening. Because all are welcome. All are invited. All are called. Come experience. Come encounter. Come find the life that only Jesus can give. But it's also for you. It's also for you. So that you might always fear the Lord. You might always reverence God. You might always remember that the Lord is at work in your life. Brothers and sisters, we need to have some stones. Some 12 stones. Things that give us remembrance. Some things that cause us to to know and fear the Lord always. To know that God is in our midst. And some of you have stories. I've invited Alvin to come and share one with us today. As soon as I find that microphone, there it is. Alvin, come on and share with us. 
Alvin, what's one story that you remember, or one thing that you have seen God doing in our midst? Well, let me start with a short story about how I always wanted an oak tree. Um, about 22 years ago, they gave out little strips, well, little twigs of oak trees, was a, like a stick with roots on it, and asked us to take them and plant them. And I planted one in my backyard, and for a couple of years it struggled. Didn't, didn't do well. In the spring when it first get, got leaves, the rabbits ate the leaves. So I finally put a fence around them and it started growing a little better. Then I moved it and put a bigger fence around them. And now I have a tree that's probably 30 feet tall, about a foot in diameter, and gives shade to a big chunk of my backyard. Mm -hmm. Well, I see at Valley a similar situation. Mm that we've been struggling for the last few years. And like that tree, there were times when we thought, maybe we're not gonna make it. Uh, maybe we've gotta do something, but God's been with us. And I could see and have seen and still see God's Holy Spirit moving through and with people in this church. And as I look around, I see new growth. Mm. And some people have left, some people have passed on, some new people have come in. And pardon the analogy or whatever, but we've got new branches. Mm. We've got you know, our pastor, Mike, and we've got Aaron with the music. And then we've added Rachel with the youth and Barry with the discipleship. And we've got other people who are picking up the slack and being uh, willing to take on new jobs. And so I see new growth. Mm. And God is good. All the time. And to God be the glory. Amen. 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 Thank you, Alvin. I'm glad somebody else sees it. And I know you do too. New growth. There are some new things happening. There's the roots that are sustaining the growth. There are, there are things that are people and people who have been here a long time, but there is new growth. There are some new things happening. And I am very thankful, like Alvin, that God has been sustaining us and leading us. Can I give you some things that I just want us to remember? Here's one. We voted as a church to continue as a church a year ago. Do you realize that was just one year ago? That a one year ago we were deciding what is a biblical church and are we still a biblical church? Has Jesus taken the lampstand away? Or is it gone? Should we just pass on the building to someone else? Are we still a church? Is God going to do something here? That was only a year ago. A year and a half ago when I first started they said, uh, hey, could you come and preach for us? By the way, we have no music. None. Nobody. Jim, you were here. You weren't nobody. But 
Jim wasn't going to do it by himself. And they said, did you have anybody? And God provided us, Josh and Aaron, and we've had music um, every week. We've had guest pianists and others who have come in, and Lori came. I mean, God has been adding to the numbers week by week, and we have not not had music to help us. We don't have to have music, by the way. I like music. We don't have to have it. I'm sure glad when we do. I'm sure glad that we do. And I'm sure glad that God has provided faithfully every single week. Can you remember that a year ago we started Bible studies again? These little six-week courses, that was just one, number three, that was just, we had the return of Bible studies in person. We were here, we were able to gather again, and we began to study God's Word. And have any of the Bible studies really blessed your life? I've actually really enjoyed some of these Bible studies together. I mean, we have got some good teachers in this congregation and people who have led us deeper in His Word. I got confused. I skipped number two and went to number four. Um, number two was the revitalization work. So uh, let's, we'll flip that around. That, that's my number four because I don't want to skip that. God raised up some leaders to help guide us through some decision times. And here's what happened to me. As the church began to explore revitalization, as that idea began to grow in my heart, the FDCLC began to encounter people like, there's a guy named Kenneth Priest. You know where I met him? Up there at Third Watch. He happened to be here from Texas, on loan from Hawaii, um, talking about church revitalization to the Baptist churches, and they're like, oh yeah, you ought to talk to the guy over at Valley. They're trying to do something like this, maybe. And he helped our team understand that this church was poised to do a church revitalization. By the time January came around, he was launching a, a six-month intensive, get all of your training and courses in church revitalization. Does anybody see that as coincidental? I don't see that as coincidental. Because I didn't have any idea, what's church revitalization? He gave me a ton of books. He gave me assigned readings. I just finished my final paper. Um, so now that you find, you know, I'm going to get some kind of stamp of approval. I don't, still don't think I know what I'm doing. But God has provided training and equipping just out of the blue. Who knew that was there? We sure didn't. But do you think that, anybody else thinking that's a coincidence? Look, I'm glad you don't because I don't. And that's one of my, my 12 stones. Here's another one. Let's skip on down to number five. I should be on outreach events. These happened last year. We had things at Towson Festival and Garden Days. We've been doing things where we've been reaching out to new people. We've had some baptisms. We're so excited about Young and scheduling for her boys coming up for baptism. We've had some people coming to Jesus. Do you remember the guy in the parking lot? Do you remember that story? I was just going out one day, and there was a guy who knocked on the door. He was kind of saying, hey, my car's stuck in the middle of the driveway here. Can I just push it out of the way till I can get a tow truck over here? And so we pushed it out, and he was going back over to Parkville. And I said, well, I'm going to Parkville. He rode in the car back with me and prayed and gave his life to Jesus that day. Now, his wife and his daughter were believers. They're churchgoers faithfully, and they'd been sharing Christ with him for years. But he said, you know... God's been working. I, I think this is real. And that day he gave his life to Christ. Now, are they part of our church? No, they're part of a different church. But God used this place and this parking lot as a place to say, no, Jesus is going to be proclaimed here. People are coming to know Jesus here. That's one of my stones. That's one that I remember from this year. The faithful offerings. 
you guys can have continued, we have continued to be faithful in your stewardship and your giving and your offering. I know that in some ways things have looked weird and bleak in the past and, and you know, there's always a lot of big expenses that are coming up and all of those realities are true. But did you know that last year we were $49,000 in the black? I was encouraged to know that although we did not do all of the things we need to do in the building, we didn't do all of the expenses we planned to spend, but all our bills are paid, the debt church is, there is no debt, and God has provided through the faithfulness of His people, we actually have the financial resources to start moving forward. Are you excited about that? That encouraged me, because I don't know, I lose sleep over going, oh my goodness, are we going to go down to hey, what's going to happen? Number seven for me. I love the youth events this year. The Friday night youth things. Anybody excited about those? Those were fun. Um, Andrew, Sammy, Carson, others have participated in these. Uh, Andrew and Sammy's friends have been coming. We've been playing volleyballs and basketballs. We had the summer young adult outreach that started as games in my house and has very quickly progressed to more of the time we spend the time up at the church on Thursday night. If you've been here on Thursday night, you see us, man, volleyball or games or something. This last week, I think three or four of the 13 were not believers yet. They're exploring what it is to follow Jesus. We've had those conversations there on Thursday nights. Young adult outreach is happening. We got to have youth camps this summer. One of my favorite memories. Uh, we've been having youth, uh, youth events and the kids have been memorizing scriptures and these kinds of things. I, I, I just remember sitting there at youth camp and all of a sudden uh, a gentleman said, Now, who knows a Bible verse about salvation? Anybody know? Well, Romans 5.8. And Andrew was very quick like, wait, I'm supposed to know that one. Because that was from our youth group. And so seeing God work in the hearts of our teens, of our young adults, new members who are already serving, people who have jumped in and jumped on board. Uh, Rachel and Ryan got right, right in there and began to help with children and youth and other things from cleaning out boiler rooms uh, to helping with cook. Some of you guys have provided food for our picnics and other things. Lori has jumped in on the worship team. I am thankful for the new people who are here. Number nine, I'm excited about our mission giving and our partnerships. Did you know you went with a major funder that built a library in Zambia this past year? Thank you, Valley Baptist Church. We heard that we are the major partner that are helping hundreds of children not only hear Bible stories and hear about Jesus, but also have their education strengthened. Teachers are being trained. That is happening because of the faithfulness of you holding the line, your faithfulness in prayers, and your faithfulness in giving. But you've also allowed the college ministries to continue and be reborn at UMBC and at Stevenson and right here at Towson. Thank you for the partnerships and the giving and the missions. We even helped at Graffiti Church this year. We were the major group. Valley and our college ministries were the volunteers that helped the big Easter outreach. You can see Susan um, and Sarah there in the background helping right down here in Munn Park, right down on York Road. I'm so excited about our free school. We're actually trying to expand it for next year. We have more and more families, more and more people that are hearing about Jesus and being touched. Last year, they were financially good. We are financially in the black. And we're reaching more and more students. Seventy different families are being touched through the preschool. I'm excited about how God is going to use that in the future. Number 11, <coughs> maybe one of my big favorites, 
<clears throat> we're the ribs. Thank you, Dick Gobley. Um, and the chicken. I, do you remember the May Fellowship? That was one of our first big get-togethers. We've been doing them all summer. We had waffles with Whitney. We had another church picnic. But we had our very first one was this past May. After COVID, we just, I mean, God brought the weather, and you all brought all the food. And I am so thankful for that day. It was just fun to be together. I'm excited about this. Maybe one of my favorites was Don's testimony. I don't know if anybody else was moved, but I was moved at that service. To hear as she's facing just some struggles with the health issues, to be able to talk about the confidence she had in Jesus Christ, the confidence she has. Her surgery is this week. Keep Dawn in prayer. Her surgery is this Friday. Keep Dawn in prayer. But she's seeing God's faithfulness. So for you, how do you remember what God has done this year. What are your stories? I gave you 12. What were you? What would you add to what has gone on this semester? Was it a sermon? Was it a Bible study lesson? Was it a conversation? Was it a place where you have been blessed? How has God answered your prayers? I gave you all a stone. I didn't give it to you. Uh, one of the deacons gave you a, a stone in the back uh, when you came in. If you didn't, we have some in the back in that, in that little tin. Would you take a stone of remembrance? Would you take one as you leave today to say, you know, God has done this this year. I need to remember and keep it with you. And in our Bible study hour, where you're going to be invited to share maybe your stone. You don't have to, but if there's something you want to share, you could share with the group. This is my stone of remembrance. This is the thing that I should tell my children and my grandchildren. This is what the Lord did in 2021, in 2022. This is what God did in my life. Brothers and sisters, we have to pause today. It's go time. There's a lot going to happen in September and October as we move forward as a congregation. There's a lot coming in this next year um, for us as a church. I believe it. We're already seeing the signs of life. But we have to stop. We need to put up a, a pile of stones in our heart and in our mind. We need to remember what God has done and what God is doing. Just like the Israelites. I mean, why did they, a whole chapter is really dedicated, not just to the crossing, but to making sure the people remembered what God has done. What he's doing in our midst. Can we stop and say thanks? Pray with me. Father, we want to stop. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. Thank you. Thank you for the prayers you have answered so faithfully and for the prayers you will answer. God, thank you for the new life that you have in this place and the new life you're bringing in our hearts. Thank you, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's one other stone that we need to remember. <laughs> Jesus died. He died on a cross. An excruciating death to pay for your sins. But three days later, after they put him in a tomb, they rolled a stone over it. Three days later, that stone was rolled away. Jesus isn't there anymore. The stone that covered the tomb reminds me that my Savior lives. If you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you've never experienced this relationship with God, maybe today's your day, that you should say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. He's alive. 
the stone's been rolled away. He wants to roll the symbolic stones of death and of enslavement and of addiction and whatever out of your life. He wants to roll it all away so that you might have the life that's in Jesus. Today, if you don't know him, would you give your life to Jesus? Today, maybe there's another decision you're making. Maybe it's a decision of consecration to the Lord. Maybe it's a decision to join with this church because you know that God has placed you like a living stone here to be part of this congregation, to be built up into a spiritual house of worship. We've got a long way to go, but God's calling us to do it together. Whatever God's called you to do, would you make that decision? I'm going to be here at the front, and you're welcome to come and, and, and tell me about any decision or have me pray with you. I'd be happy to do so. But you respond as God is calling you. Aaron, come uh, lead us.